It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus... You're loving him. Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! 50 hours from kickoff. Yes, let's let's go. go! Ravens, Browns. This one has a lot of meaning to it. Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're actually going to try to tell you how big this game is in numbers. It's, it's really hard to quantify things like that usually. Yep. But th- this one, and they're all big. We say that every single week. But if you have hopes of winning the division, you better find a way to win this football game. Because oh, no. if you yeah. don't, suddenly you've got to make up three games. Really four if you count the tiebreaker. It's they got almost no chance of winning the division. If almost they lose this no game. chance. Yeah, yeah. They would have to basically go seven and zero. Yeah, probably in the last seven, and Baltimore would have to go two and four. That's crazy. Yeah, it's not no. big ass. Got to win this game. You want to yeah, win the division? Very, very, very big contest. You can make a strong argument that, uh, and they get bigger as the week goes on. But you can make a strong argument there won't be a bigger game than this unless Week Seventeen comes down to in or out against right. the Bengals. Uh, welcome to the show. A lot to get into today. Remember, today's Friday, so we do ninety minutes on YouTube. Then, you know the drill by now at 12.30, you got to go catch us on Channel 3 in Cleveland. If you're not in the Cleveland market, it's okay, WKYC Plus, or you can just go to the UCSS, or excuse me, WKYC.com, click the live, watch live button, and you can see us for the last 30 minutes. That show's really gaining traction as we go through the season. That's right. It's a habit. It's a Friday pregame show every week of the Brown season at 12.30. Uh, also, Tim Couch is here. We're going to talk to Tim about what he expects from the Ravens. You can make an argument that, and we'll do this during the show, that Lamar Jackson is having one of his better seasons. I don't think it's his best season, but perhaps his most complete season. He's taking care of the football, and that's always been a problem for him. A uh, lot to get to, but first, our first hello of the day to Mikey McNuggets, who is sore from his workout earlier this week with Njoku Strong. So sore, you couldn't even finish your basketball last night. Yeah, I That's bailed out early. And not only did I bail out early, I left my shoes at the gym. I was in so much pain. Yeah, I know. My oh boy my Jackson God. picked him up. It's rough. I'm telling y'all, you'll, we're going to play the video at the end of the show before we go on to WKYC. Now, we had a long the talk workout, about yesterday. It looks very simple. I'm telling y'all, my legs are on absolute fire. Like wow. immense soreness in a way that I would not have – Imagine even humanly possible considering what we you did. Mentioned and Tybus you did feels wall the same stands. thing. Do you normally do wall stands? Because there is no surer way to make sure your legs burn than to do a wall stand regimen. Yeah, I mean, it's part of what I do. You know, I do leg day twice a week. I squat. We do. So it, you, all right. It, it, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Nothing should make my legs feel like they do right now. All right. And because uh, like see the workout, do, it was wall fun. stands will do it. Highly recommend it if you want to get a, a burn because it definitely. Wow. Definitely feel it. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff today, but it is 
or at least tomorrow is Veterans Day. Yeah. And we'd be remiss if we didn't wish a happy Veterans Day to everyone out there. We asked for viewers to send us pictures of their nice. loved ones, their veterans, and we got a bunch of submissions. So, Steve, if you want to punch it up, we got a little Veterans Day memorial uh, montage for you guys. And Jay, you know this better than I do. Yeah, obviously, you know, this is a day that we set aside every year to just give thanks to all those that have served. Um, and we're doing a piece later today on Channel 3. It's, it's, uh, it's all about, it's called the, uh, the, the Veterans Honors Flight Club. And what they do is they send, and I think this is so cool, and we talked to a veteran that has experienced this. They send these veterans to Washington, D.C. so they can see the memorials and the monuments that have built, heard about have that. been built in their honor. It's the Honor Flight Club. And it is such a cool thing because in many cases, those that have served have never had the opportunity to get to D.C. to look at these memorials and these monuments. And the, the veteran that we spoke with said standing in front of the Vietnam Memorial was one of the more emotional things he'd ever experienced. Imagine that if you hadn't been there and you finally get to see it, the friends that you lost in battle. Um, the fact that when they came home originally, they didn't get a hero's welcome from Vietnam. That was a very unpopular war in this country, but this is a day that we set aside to say thanks, and we certainly, from the bottom of our heart here at UCSS, we, uh, we love all veterans, and um, take this day and enjoy it, or actually um, on Monday, because it is yours. Is it tomorrow or is it Monday, the official day? We got to look at I that. I think Monday's a federal holiday, but I yeah, I think Monday is the observance. Tomorrow day. is the actual Veterans Day. Yeah, so you know what? I was call that your dad at the veterans end there, weekend. Earl? That was Earl's dad. At yeah. The end. yeah. Earl, you want to say something quick? Yeah. So I was telling the guys before uh, the show started. For my dad, it was two things he really took serious. It was the time that he served this country, and it was the two million miles that he drove on that eighteen wheeler. And outside of his birthday. Uh, me and my brother used to rush to be the first to tell my dad Happy Veterans Day. Wow. And so when he passed away, I made sure that I merged, like, anything I could with him serving the military and anything I could with him uh, driving the trucks together, and it turned out to be real beautiful. So Happy Veterans Day, Pops. Love you. Absolutely. And, to and all once again, I served. want to repeat that our politicians have continued to let our veterans down. They are not taken care of well enough. They, they go and fight for the freedoms we all have and take for granted. And our politicians have not have often failed to do right by them. It's a continuing problem in this country, and it's despicable. It is. There's a lot of them that are in great need, um, and that shouldn't be because they've, uh, in many cases, gave the best years of their lives to fight for our country and defend our freedom and freedom around the globe. All right, busy show, as we mentioned. Uh, I think before we dive in, you've got a read. You want to do a read? And then we'll dive into uh, to just how big this football game is. Yeah, and we start every show the same way, and it's because FanDuel is our favorite sportsbook in the world. It's the number one sportsbook in the world, and if we're not using FanDuel, my question to you is, what, what are you doing? <laughs> FanDuel is the only sportsbook you should be using because it's America's number one sportsbook, and right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use with a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner 
of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And as always, we show you a winning ticket. And today's winning ticket won a lot of money. It came from Mary Kay Cabbage, who's now submitted a couple of winning tickets. You can't see, but she turned $10 into $487 on a $10 bonus bet. Chris Middleton over two and a half threes. Brooke Lopez over three threes. Quentin Grimes and Josh Hart over their respective props. $10 into $487.24. So if you want to win a lot of money, just like Mary Kay Cabbage did, then you better be using FanDuel. All right, there you go. And by the way, I'm, I think it's safe to say that that account is not affiliated with the Hall of Fame. No, Mary Kay it Cabbage. is not. It's a funny parody account, though. But it's, it's, and they've uh, won two bets that at yeah. least we've seen for a lot of money. And so We know that there are going to be a lot of folks watching this show that win tickets either in college football over the weekend or the NFL. And if you do, send us your winning ticket. What's the easiest way for them to get it to you, Jack? Tweet it on at Twitter? us. Please tweet. Yeah, tweet it at tweet us. Tweet your winning ticket to us at, UC- at UCSS. And uh, we'd love to share your winnings and your excitement with all of our viewers in our audience. All right, uh, we talked about it briefly. I try to quantify this, guys. Um, you could say must win or you know close to must win. What is Sunday when the Browns go to the Ravens for you guys? You know, it, it's weird. It's a, it's a little bit of a conundrum because you know we've ha- we've had very few years where you look at it and say, listen, this is a must win or. We've even seen ourselves in this type of contention. And what I try to do, what I try to do is go to all different platforms throughout the week and find out other different shows and figure out what the temperature is. And it's amazing because the Cleveland Browns fans are for once going into this thing saying, we got a good enough team to win this. And, and, and people are expecting to win. People are expecting them to play well. And it's, it's, I shouldn't be surprised by that. Do you think it's the majority of people? Because I don't feel that way. Um, Majority I, of Browns, Browns, Browns fans. fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you go outside Browns Nation. No, but yeah. few give the Browns a chance. Yeah, outside, Very few. Outside of outside of the fan base, no. Everyone's betting on the Ravens. However, like everyone's like, no, this is a must win. Do you it's, think it's the majority of the fans? Yeah, that like, think they're going to go there and win. And one of the things that they say is, this is what you paid, as we do the radio show, and then you know, did the uh, barber shop here on UCSS. One of the things the comments are saying is, "This is what we got Deshaun Watson for. Sure. This is what this, this is the game. game right here. These types of games because the Baltimore Ravens um, have their quarterback. The Cincinnati Bengals have their quarterback. We this is supposed to be our guy, and we're supposed to be able to compete in games like this. And so I was like, okay, I, I'll go with it. Hey, let's let's get it done then. Like, but I, I was a little surprised, Bull, that that they they that the fan base is is fired up about this. I, I do agree that a large percentage of the fan base that have interacted with me in social media, you know, who knows how accurate that is of yeah, the sure. overall fan base, is very confident going into this game. Wow. Uh, and you know, listen, there's reason to have some confidence. But there's also a reason why the Ravens are nearly a touchdown favorite in this game. Sure. Because the Ravens have have played better overall. They have a better quarterback. They're the class of the AFC. And right now they've played better than anybody, not to mention something that I think gets overrated. But, I'll, but still, the Ravens have had the Browns number. Something we've talked about with the Bengals and Browns the opposite way. Right. But uh, the Ravens have had their number, and they're at home. Now, I do kind of throw away the first meeting to some degree because – you know, that was DTR. It was his first game. It was unexpected he was going to play. I think everybody was kind of out of sorts. That, again, if the Browns get their ass kicked in this game, we'll, I'll be back. Well, maybe that game did mean more than I thought right. thought yeah. it meant. I, I, I Listen, I think the Browns could certainly win this game. They should, there's no, I think they're going into this game very confident as a team. Uh, 
you know, I'll admit now I, I did pick the Browns to win this game, but I don't feel confident. I was kind of right on the on, on the on the fence on it, and since you can't be on the fence, I went with a close game. The Browns' cha- best chance of winning is with the defense, but this is a huge game. There's no doubt about it because yeah. it feels like these are the games. Whenever the Browns have given you hope, that they always lose. Yeah, now, they, the bring not, in, they bring right. you in. They bring you in. They get you excited, out. and, and th- we're talking to different people for sure. Uh, the Browns fans that I've interacted with this week yeah. are expecting a loss. Can they win? I think everybody. Look, of course they can win. If they're five and three, they've got a good football team. This certainly isn't a game that you would look at and say they can't win. Right. But the other game this year that I felt they had the slimmest chance of winning, they won with a backup quarterback. Right. Right. Yep. So because of that, you bet your ass they can win. Yeah. Now. I think if you really think this thing through, you have to come to the conclusion that this would be a big upset if they come away with the win. Vegas doesn't drop touchdown spreads in NFL games very often. That's a lot. That's a big spread. I don't agree with that. I mean, this it's not the common. It's both the the lines are typically between three and four points. Sure, but seven points is a big spread. There's usually five games a week that are at least seven point spreads. Okay, but there there are sixteen games. So if that's even a third of the games, right. that are, it's it's uncommon. It's a lot. It I, is. I wouldn't it's call it uncommon, but it is definitely a lot. I'd like it, to it know. Is. I'd like to know how many games this week is there a touchdown spread or more? Biggest, this week, right now, biggest underdog of the year. The Giants are a seventeen-point underdog to the Cowboys. Yeah. See, we have some really bad teams this year. Jay, you want the answer real yeah. quick? So are you considering six and a half a full touchdown? So we going no? Seven? I'd say yeah. seven. I'd say a touchdown. But if you want to are call the Browns it, a seven point dog? Or no, six? they're six and a half. Okay, so okay. Count six and a half is a touchdown dog. So the Giants are seventeen point underdogs. Right. The Broncos are seven on the dot, and the Raiders are ten point underdogs to the Dolphins. So with the no, Browns, not the Raiders. Oh, that, uh, that's next week's Thursday night football. I apologize. Yeah, that doesn't count this week. So two, only two games this week. Okay. okay. I, th- I think that that that's what I would have guessed. Two or three. Maybe. I think it's more than that on average. Either way, but, uh, but either there's way, there's if, three games that are six and a half. So we're we're, we're really splitting hairs. Here. Right. Just just say three. Oh, so okay. it's five. Well, I asked Jay to six and a half count. And Jay well, said but if no. br- if the Browns are six and a half, yeah, no, we're I, counting count, that. count the six and a half as then a there, touchdown. Then there's five. Okay. That's five. That, yeah. To me, that's really not a touchdown. It's not. In, in, well, but the Browns are point. six and a half, so they're not a touchdown underdog. I know, but I say throw them in there. It's still not the rule. Yeah. It's not. So, it, I would say that this would be a pretty big upset. It would be. It, and and the, the, Raven, or the, the Browns, the difference between the Browns-Niners and the Browns-Ravens, obviously, is this one's in Baltimore. And also, these teams are very familiar with each other. Right. And also, Baltimore has had the Browns number. Yeah. So, I think for the Browns to win, I think... Most people would say, wow, this is a really nice win being a touchdown underdog. All of that being said, I'll give my pick away too. I I couldn't pick the Browns. I couldn't get that far. I hope they win. I want them to win. But in my mind, I can't erase the first game. Now, yes, DTR played, Mm -hmm. but he didn't play defense. And we didn't have an answer for that Ravens offense. We just didn't. And that's that's going to be the same. So... If you look at it while well, the Ravens are going to score 27 points, my next question is, can the Browns score 28? And I couldn't get there. I just couldn't. Yeah, I don't think the Ravens are going to score 27 points. I certainly don't think the Browns are going to score 27 points. What did they score first time around? 
27, wasn't it? It was 28 3 the first time. Okay, around, but so they had right. a couple short fields. I mean, now they're set at their point. Right. One of the keys is you better take care of the football. We've talked about how the Browns have been lucky in some games to win, even though they didn't win the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. They don't win this game if they don't win the turnover margin. No, that's true. But I, I, I'm not expecting the Ravens to score that many points because I'm expecting the Browns' defense to play a whole lot better than they did in that game. I think everybody was affected by the fact that they had DTR playing and nobody expected it until the, we talked about this. You know, I think it affected the whole team. And, by, and when the offense is terrible, as it has been for much of the season, that wears on a defense. It There's does. no doubt it factors well, in. Well, particularly as the season goes on. Certainly. Because and that's the, why the, the Browns off- factor builds. Right. And that's why the Browns offense has to be better. It was good in the second half last week. It's got to be good again this week. You can't you know, be totally inept on offense and win no matter how good your defense is. Right. But I'm expecting, I'm, and maybe I'm being too optimistic, some progress off of what we saw last yeah, year. Obviously, I, this I, opponent's I, a different yeah. weight class. I, I, Arizona. I, I agree. Uh, you know, when I look at the, the Baltimore Ravens, first and foremost, they're in the same division. You you know what Baltimore likes to run. They, they know what you like to run. Um, second of all, if you got Jim Schwartz, I like to believe that Jim Schwartz is going to make corrections based on the tape he saw. That's the one good thing um, that came out of that game. DTR played that game. Um, now they're going to have to adjust to what you do. They didn't see anything that you um, were going to be running in offensive-wise as, as far as what you're going to do with Deshaun Watson. Completely different playbook. They're not going to have those turnovers that they had. Is it, though? I thought that the, the reason we had the backup quarterback that we do is so you didn't need a different playbook when Deshaun wasn't there like what, we did last year. Well, that, this new playbook is not even a new playbook. The new playbook is actually the old playbook. DTR went out there and threw the ball 40 times as a rookie with no with no type of game plan. He knew he, right before the game, they were like, oh, all right, you're going to play DTR. He, he said, hey, I didn't know I was playing until 1030 on Sunday. So my perspective is now the Cleveland Browns should understand who they are. The, the running game is, is, is priority. What we need to do is, is coming out here to win this football game. And, and throwing a football 40 times in Baltimore is not going to be a, a, a setup that's an for L. a win. That's if a they loss. throw 40 times, that's an L. So, especially given the line, we don't know who's playing left tackle, don't know who's playing right tackle. We're going to have to run the football. And my thing is, Jim Schwartz went to that game and went into the last game not knowing what type of game plan Baltimore was going to have. Yeah. The great part about it is, they got gashed a little bit. The, the runs, the, the court read options have been gashing them. Uh, the, the, the inside zone runs have been gashing them. So now they've had an opportunity to look at that over a, um, a number of weeks. And now you get Baltimore again. I think they got a couple of wrinkles ready for them. And I don't think they're going to get 28 points. And, and in fact, I think this is going to be a defensive low scoring game. And it goes going to come down to who turns the ball over. It could be. It should be. When you look at the defenses, the defenses are the strength of both teams. I think Baltimore's more balanced than the Browns are between strength of offense and defense. One of the things I love to look at, you sent this out yesterday. I saw a couple other projections, too. Mm-hmm. In general, the Browns lose this game. Their chances of making the playoffs slip to 50%. I got if the they, exact stat for you, Jay, if you want it. Well, I saw three of them yesterday. I saw one that said it went to 46%. The other one was 49.6, I'd say. According think. to PFF. Yeah. Once again, not the end-all, be-all. I didn't see the PFF, PFF one, so these would be new numbers. If they win, the Browns have a 73% chance of making yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, I saw 70 and 71. If they lose, 43%. Yeah, so the gap between – that's why I said at the top of the show, it's tough to quantify – when you ask the question, how big a game is this? How do you, how do you quantify that? It's very difficult. Yeah. Well, it's a 6.9. 
you can't there's no ometer for that mm-hmm. but i think that is the best metric we have what these there are different uh entities media arms that do this they play out the season right. thousands of times and they basically say looking at your schedule that remains and looking where you would be with a loss obviously the browns would be 5 and 4 the difference between 5 and 4 and 6 and 3 yeah, is huge is huge and but every time statistically, there's an upset it's a 23% chance better that you make the playoffs every time if you there's win. an upset every week it changes it does the change. numbers yeah you know? of course this is yeah. not a science by any stretch of right. the imagination it's just a projection on what it does for your I, playoff chances. I definitely don't think the season is over if the Browns lose this game. I think the division no. is probably out of reach. Probably out of reach. But I, listen, like you said, most people around the country are expecting the Browns to lose. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm expecting them not, at the very least, to not get blown out. Right. But if the Browns lose some hard-fought game that's close, I'm not going to come kill them the next day. No, no, you not know. at all. I mean, because again, I think I think one of the dangers of a fan base getting so excited and thinking that they should win, yeah. like rational thought. Again, is it winnable? Yes, but rational thinking. If you were going to put a pile of money behind it, I don't know how you get to the point that you you feel safe putting a lot of money behind the Browns winning. It's a game they're supposed to lose. So all of that being said, I don't want to hype myself up and think we're coming home six and three. When in reality, I know that's a real big ask. And look, it doesn't mean that they can't fix what was wrong in this game going yeah. forward. I still have faith that they can and will do that. I, I look at it like this. You know, this Baltimore Ravens team, this, this is this is a team that got beat at home by the Colts. It did. And Gardner yeah. Minshew. Like, I watch every single week where these games is, you, you wouldn't think it was going to happen. We lost to the Seahawks, and then they come in, and, and then, you know, the Baltimore Ravens destroy them. This is, a, this is a league where every single week there's going to be a team that jumps up, wins a game that we didn't think they were going to win because they played out of their mind. Now, the Browns have done that multiple weeks. The Browns have done that not only in, in the most improbable way. I think that they've done it in, in a way when you talk about watching the team, watching these this year. I think the biggest game they won was the 49ers, and they had no business winning that game. No one gave P.J. Walker, and you got the 49ers coming in here. What, what, uh, what, what was one the line for that game? Were they, were they a touchdown? It was probably ball? a touchdown. I don't remember. For San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. With what the Browns? The, yeah. It ended up at nine and a half. Oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah, that's the biggest and, dog. And, and they came I mean, out they were there. undefeated at the time. And they, they, they they're undefeated. And then the Browns I don't came think they've won since. Nope. That, who would have guessed that? Yeah. Nobody. And so, you know, the ebbs and flows of the season, they're so fun to watch because I don't know. How, I, there's no answer. I watched the end of that Colts game, the fourth quarter yeah. in overtime. Right. I can't answer how they beat them. All I know is that Baltimore could not move the ball. Guys, this them. is not college football where if, like, Purdue beats Ohio State, your, your mind is blown. Sure. Mo- I mean, yeah, I'd be shocked if the Giants beat the Cowboys this week as a 17-point underdog. But that's it's unusual. a divisional game. But you still yeah. never know. Right. And Arizona beat the Cowboys. The Browns beating the Ravens would be an upset, sure. But it's not a massive upset. I mean, teams that are touchdown or between six and seven point dogs win all the time. I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm, I'm guessing it's 30% at least. Wow, I would think that I, would be I mean, I, I'd love, you know, somebody's got it. Somebody's done the research. Because that's that. a big spread, a touchdown spread. If they're winning 30% of the time, I would be surprised by that. One thing that I want to point out, too, and I think we touched on this earlier this week, but... When the Browns, it seems like when the chips are down and they have to have a win, they, they always, I always say this, they do just enough to keep us at the table. 
You know, they don't do anything that makes us get up and walk away from the table. Even the last couple of years when they didn't make the playoffs, it came down to week 15, 16, and 17. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're, a, you know, a team that's going to be dismissed if they lose a couple of games in a row here. They're still going to be in it. They're in the thick of things in the AFC for the wild card. The p- pretender contender question was interesting to me. Win, 1,000% contender. 1,000%. Lose, I'm not going to call them a pretender. They're still in the hunt for an AFC wild card. They've just made things very, very difficult on themselves. You, you, you know, it's uh, you know, the, the, it, I wouldn't say frustrating part about it is if you go back and you just you watch, you know, Deshaun Watson play. If you rewind the clock and you just take a look at the way he plays and hey, he played back when he was a, with Houston. You say if if that guy's anywhere available, anywhere if there's a remnant, if there's a, a scrape, a scrap of that type of energy moxie talent. These games are completely winnable. Absolutely. If you go back to Houston, you're like, all right, Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson. You st- you, you'd actually have to drum yourself up and say, how is the Lamar Jackson going to get the plays to make the, to beat him? Like, that's crazy. It's almost topsy-turvy. And so it has to be a thing where you look at Deshaun Watson, and, and at some point, like we say with Kevin Stefanski, you have to have a signature win. What's your signature win going to be? Who, which one of these guys did you beat that you buried? Did you beat Burrow? Is it San Francisco it, right it, now? It, it, no, because P.J. Walker he, played P.J. Walker won. Well, he won no, the game. I know, but if but I think we'd hardly look at that as a signature nope. win. He for didn't him. play well no. at yeah. all. So, yeah, no, we're looking for a three touchdown, no pick, no. 300 yard game. Where and that's he wins. The he's game. the reason, right? Yeah. He's the reason they now, win. He did that against Tennessee, yeah. but they're a mediocre team. We could say, we could say that Miles Garrett has had his signature win. Sure. He stopped somebody. We could say that, that uh, Jim Schwartz has had signature wins on this season where his team has not let you get over 50 points, 58 yards or whatever. We talked about Stefanski. These next two weeks are signature-type performances that Deshaun Watson, he got to have one of them. If it ain't, if it ain't, he got it. One of these next two, you got to have it. You can't lose both these Be- games. Because the next week, if you lose this one, it's all about, oh, you got to keep us in contention. Yeah. We can't, we can't drop two to Steelers. You slipped to five to five no, and five, no. and your play, your chances of me. We say no. they go down from seventy three percent or so if they win down to forty three percent or whatever that is. If yeah. they if they lose the next two games, you're looking at a twenty five percent chance probably of right. making the playoffs. No, they, that's a big ask. It's not going to happen. No, yeah, I mean they got. I, I think if they go one on one in the next two, they're fine in terms of making the playoffs. They're still, I still in the, like in their the hunt. They go on two, they're probably not making it. They go two and zero. Oh, it's in the bag, pretty much. So, you know, I mean, the Browns' two toughest games left on the schedule is this game and the last week of the year at Cincinnati. I agree with that. That's the two toughest games. Yeah. The next best team you play is, is, you know, Pittsburgh or Jacksonville. Those games are both at home. You know, Houston's a decent team. Uh, but that's also, I think, at home. Uh, I can't remember if the Houston They were game. at Houston last year, so I can't imagine we would go to Houston two years no, it's in a at, row. Yeah, it, it is, is at Houston, Houston again. How does that happen? Because yeah, it's, it's the weird extra weird. game you added with the 17th game hey. where you're either yeah, home or Yeah, but you should away. never go to a non-divisional opponent back-to-back You're years. wrong, Mike. That's not it. What? That, that's not the 17th. The Texans are not the 17th. The added 17th game for the No, Browns. I know they're not, but I'm saying they, they, they got an extra home you game. You have an unbalanced oh, yeah, schedule. Yeah, yeah, but it just seems to me that because we were there last year, 
Like, how many times can you think of off the top of your head that the Browns made road trips to the same non-divisional opponent in back-to-back years? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they figure that they, they do that. Spot. It's definitely anyway, weird. Yeah. Definitely uncommon. Still, the bottom line is this game and at Cincinnati Week 18 uh, are the two toughest games left on their schedule. Yeah. So Everything else is very winnable. Yeah, everything else is very winnable. The Browns will be either a sl- very slight underdog or a favorite in all the rest of their games. And so, you know, this this is an opportunity for we, – we often have a lot of fans who complain that the Browns don't get any credit nationally. Well, you don't get, any, you don't get a ton of credit for being 5-3. and three. You and know, they're not – Tennessee and Arizona. Exactly. Now, you got some credit for San Francisco, but you got to follow it up. Now, if you, this is the next big, big game. If the Browns win this game this week, they're going to get more notice nationally you for bet. those who complain about it. Yeah. It's going to be a big deal because if they win – now you're six and three. The Ravens are seven and three. You're only a half game back. You think about tie and because you've split, you're still around. Right, and I think I believe the Browns would technically have the tiebreaker, even though they're not tied. Right, because I think the the next tiebreaker is division, which they'd be tied, and then after that, it's conference, conference record, which they the Browns would have a better conference record if yes. they win this game. So you go from being right there to being out of the almost out of the division. That's how big this game is. For just if you want to win, and the Browns haven't won the division in forever, right? Be nice. And it's fun that these two games are stacked back to back because any questions you have about the Browns, about the Sean Watson, about the legitimacy yeah, of any him. part of this team, yeah, Kevin Stefanski, the offensive line, the defense, whatever those questions may be, come not this Monday, but next Monday, we'll have those answers. And if we don't, I think so. we're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> we are in trouble if we don't have the answers we want. Uh, Deshaun Watson was still, you know, in his comments this week, still pretty clear that he's not 100%. And that 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 worries me. Yeah. I, I Listen, I didn't give Baker a pass. I didn't give Burrow a pass. I'm not giving Watson a pass. He's not even, on, on, the the, injury, he's not even on the injury list that's this right. week. You're, you're on the field. Let's go. Play. Play yeah. well. I don't want to hear any excuses. Yeah, there is no excuse. If he doesn't play well, yeah. you cannot bring up the shoulder. You can't do it. No, I'm not going to do that. that, that that's can. what happened with Baker. Every game he played well. People, def- well, he played great. Then every bad game, it's his shoulder. Well, why did it hurt last week when he played like played right. well against this team? And because he's it. not on the list, yeah, I, like, I mean, yeah, it's just not an excuse anymore. Go ahead, Mike. It's time to bring in our quarterback, Tim Couch. And today's interview with Tim Couch is brought to us by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you peace of mind. So that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand, and it's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care, so you don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is jacemedical.com. Let's welcome in our quarterback, our QB1, the number one pick in the UCSS fantasy draft, just like the NFL draft in 1999. It is the one and only Tim Couch. What's up, Tim? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Good. We'll be doing a lot better Sunday at 4 o'clock with a victory. Um, One of the things that we sort of found a flashpoint on today's show is whether or not most Browns fans believe that this is a game that that is going to end with a victory. I said I think it's winnable. I also said that I, I'm picking the Ravens. They're, they're a touchdown favorite for a reason. Where do you fall on this? If they won, if they won would, would, you know, where would you be on your surprise meter? And uh, are you expecting a victory? You know, I, I think it's, it's going to be a tough game, obviously, going to Baltimore. And Baltimore is probably the hottest team in the NFL right now, uh, playing great on both sides of the football um, you know, to me, I just, you know, I, I really trust the Browns defense. I do not trust the Browns offense fully yet. Uh, so I don't know if they can go in there and keep up with Lamar Jackson right now. So uh, for that reason, I would have to take Baltimore. Uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Browns surprise me. I hope Deshaun Watson comes out and plays his best game ever as a Brown. I hope they win the game. Uh, but right now, from what I've seen, it's just been too consistent on the offensive side of the ball. I think the defense will play better than they did in the first matchup against Lamar. Uh, you know, I think he hurt him in a lot of ways uh, with his legs, getting outside of the pocket, extending plays. I think they're going to have to be better, and they will be better on that side of the ball. I just don't know if offensively we can keep up with um, and put enough points on the board on the road in a hostile environment like Baltimore to, uh, to go in there and get a victory. Tim, what did you think of how Deshaun Watson played last Sunday? You know, I thought it was kind of a mixed bag, really. Uh, you know, we saw a few throws, a couple to Amari uh, on a couple of deep balls where it looked pretty good. You know, he, he threw some re- really nice balls. Uh, and then and other times, you know, it was just uh, some questionable decisions, um, you know, a little bit inaccurate at times. But, uh, you know, I thought it's kind of what you expect after a layoff, right? You know, I think it's just, uh, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag, kind of up and down. I'm really glad, uh, most importantly, that he got that game under his belt before we go in and play these next two games against – uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So I think that's very important. I think it would be a really tough ask uh, to, to have Deshaun, you know, miss those, you know, few weeks that he missed and come back and say your first, you know, your first test is here against Baltimore on the road. I think uh, so. I'm really glad he got that opportunity to play last week. And it uh, looks like he came out of that game relatively healthy and did some good things, uh, you know, so hopefully he can go out and build on that against a very tough Baltimore defense. What's the key in this game for you? You know, I think the key for, for me would be to, you know, obviously eliminate turnovers. I think in the first game, obviously, we had, we had a rookie quarterback in there making his first start ever. So, you know, he hurt the Browns' defense uh, quite a few times on turnovers and giving the Ravens a short field to operate on. So, for me, it's, you know, go, going out, sustaining drives, uh, moving the football, taking care of the ball, most importantly, and don't put your defense in bad situations. I think if we can keep our defense rested and uh, ready ready to go in there and, and, and defend Lamar and that, that great Ravens, offense I think that's going to be the key so you know it's, it's really on Deshaun and that offense to take care of the ball put up as many points as possible uh, make some explosive plays in the passing game but I think first and foremost you got to go in there with the mindset of we're not going to turn the football over uh, offensively you know Tim I was I was looking at uh, you know before you came on I was looking at um, there was a Monday night game where nobody had y'all winning the game I think you went into Pittsburgh and y'all blew them out and it was mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where people around the country was like, what the heck? They never beat the Steelers. And they went in there and blew them out. Um, what type of, you know, what type of mindset when, when you go out and you pull off those type of upsets, 
you know, during that week of practice, could you tell something was different um, before you went out there and played? What was the mindset, and and and, and how does that feel um, when you're going through that that type of game? Because a lot of people don't have the Browns winning this game. They have not played well against the uh, Ravens, and, and and so I'm trying to figure out, you know, did, does the quarterback see something special during those weeks of preparation? Yeah, I think there's it's extra motivation when it's a you know a big game like that, a primetime game like you were talking about. We have with the Steelers on the road that night, so you know the whole league is watching. You know everybody's you're the, you're the game on that night, uh, so there's a lot of eyes on you. So you know there's that extra motivation. You're on the road going into a big environment. Um, you know, so you're extra focused. You locked in during the week, knowing you got to have your preparation dialed in. Um, you know, just all those factors. Uh, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it's a division game, you know, also. So, you know, for the Browns going into a place like Baltimore, this is kind of that that make or break game for them, right? You know, people want to know, is this team for real? Are they really going to be contenders uh, in the FC North? So, you know, you go on the road and win a game like this, it's going to open up a lot of eyes. And, uh, you know, Deshaun has had his haters, uh, you know, all throughout the season, people saying, you know, he's, he's not living up to the contract, this, that, and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever they want to say about him. And, you know, this is an opportunity for him to go out on a big stage and say, I'm back, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good, I'm healthy, I'm playing at the level I expected to, to be playing at. You go win a game like that, and the, the, the league's going to be talking about, you know, the Browns are for real. You know, everyone knows they have a great defense. You know, the question mark is, can they get it going offensively on a consistent basis? So going into the, you know, going into this week, it's, it's certainly a lot of mo- motivation for those guys to go out and win a, a, big, uh, a big divisional game on the road. Tim, uh, Miles Garrett was on a podcast with Kay Adams, formerly of NFL Network. I, I don't know if you saw any of this, but he, um, she asked him who's the better quarterback, Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson. And I was a little surprised he answered because, you know, look, I mean, obviously he said Joe Burrow. I don't know how there's any real debate there. But, but um, you know, the Ravens and Lamar could use that as bulletin board material. Are, are you surprised? I mean, I love that he answered it, but are you surprised that he did? Yeah, I am surprised. I haven't heard that, actually. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, usually you get guys kind of given, uh, you know, politically correct answer in those right. situations. You know, they don't want to give bulletin board material. But, you know, for Miles to come out and say that, you know, I think it just shows how much respect that he has for, for a guy like Joe Burrow, because I know Miles respects Lamar Jackson a ton as well. Um, you know, but, I, you know, I, I truly think when Joe Burrow is healthy, I think it's pretty obvious that he's a top, you know, two or three, if not the top guy in the league. You know, I really do. I think there's a debate for him being the best quarterback in the NFL when he's fully healthy. So um, I'm a big fan of his. I agree with uh, I agree with Miles. Uh, but, you know, Lamar Jackson certainly presents, you know, a whole thing, a whole, whole host of issues that, that Joe Burrow doesn't. You know, when you play a, a guy like Lamar, uh, you just have to be dialed in, reading your keys on defense. Everyone has to be playing assignment football because you get out of space, you got a position, your eyes are in the wrong place with that Ravens offense with all the misdirection in the backfield. And Lamar gets outside of your defense, you know, next thing you know, he's, he's gashing you for 10, 15, 20 yard gains. And then he, he's throwing the ball, you know, so efficiently this year as well. He's completing a very high percentage of his passes, uh, you know, playing that, you know, playing lights out. He's playing at an MVP level right now. So uh, it's going to be a tough test for them defensively. But like I said earlier, I think I think our defense will play much better than they did in the first uh, first matchup with Baltimore. I'm with you guys. I was shocked he answered that. Yeah, shocked. Yeah, we talk about bulletin board material. I mean, the Ravens could certainly use that. Yeah, and he backed into it. I mean, it's not like he went there on his own. No, no, uh, no. But, Tim, you're right. Usually guys will give both the compliment and say they're both really good players. Right. He answered the question. Right now, Miles Garrett is at, like, a level <laughs> that, that most human beings can't reach. Like, he, he's afraid of nothing. He thinks he's the greatest player in the NFL, and he might be. Like, he's just... 
on a different level. Right? He that, don't care. Though. He'll say anything right now, I feel like, and I love it because he's got no worries. That's how it feels to me, Tim. I don't know about you. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think, like, you know, I think you hit it perfectly. He's playing at a level that, you know, not many people have reached in this league. So, you know, he thinks he's got a, you know, he's uh, reached a certain status where he can comment on these kind of things. And, and he's right. You know, I think, you know, Lamar Jack or uh, Miles Garrett faces both of these guys every year in his division. So he, he he's a great person to ask, you know, who, yeah. who's tougher to play against, um, you know, so, and then, you know, who, who's more respected than Miles right now. So, uh, you know, I love that he answered the question. Like I said, it's, um, you know, it's pretty rare for, you know, in the, in the middle of a season like this, especially uh, with both of those opponents on your schedule that uh, you're going to, you know, pick one of one or the other in, in an interview and say one's better than the other. But, but I love it. I think uh, Miles is entertaining. He's fun to watch. He's fun to listen to. And I, I'm damn glad he's on our team. That's for sure. Well, you aren't kidding. Let me ask about this might be a little three dimensional chess. Now, look, I like this Miles Garrett. I may be I may be reading too much into this, but he's saying, all right, well, listen, I'm going to go ahead and take Joe Burrow. And why? Because Joe Burrow sits back there and delivers the ball from the pocket. Look at his arm strength. He, he throws the football, gets his targets and he's ball. baiting Lamar into interceptions, isn't he? Hey, if, 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 if you, you want to be like Joe Burrow, you should probably right. sit back there in that pocket right. and I like deliver, don't even, right? Don't even attempt to run the ball on us, right? Yeah. yeah. Leave it to G to think of that. I like it, Miles. I like it, Miles. I like it, too. I like it a whole lot. Could be fun. Yeah. I don't think he's going to take the bait. Hopefully. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Tim, there, there are certain relationships in sports that bring a game to an extra level. Sometimes it's a DB versus a wide receiver. Very rarely is it a coach against another coach, and even more rarely is it a head coach who's the brother of a former head coach in the NFL and a defensive coordinator. But there is real history between Jim Swartz and Jim Harbaugh. You guys remember, and I don't know, Mikey, if you can pull that up on tag board, but I do know what you're talking they about. famously had, I thought they were going to throw hands at one another at the end of a game. <laughs> yep. Um, it was, you know, one of those deals where Harbaugh let Swartz have it, and then Swartz sort of chased it Oh, down. yeah, I love that. Oh. Now, now he gets to go against his brother. Um, do things like that carry over? Do they, do they make a difference in a game like this? You know, I would think they do. You know, I'm sure that if you ask them, they would say, no, it's just another game. You know, one of those uh, one of those type of answers. But I think in the back of your mind, there's that extra motivation. Uh, you know, I, I you know, you know, you hold a grudge against guys and you, you know, certain th things happen uh, throughout your career. You always kind of put it in the back of your mind for extra motivation. And, um, you know, so I, I'm sure that he's thinking about that this week a little bit and would love to go out and, and, and have a great performance out of his defense. And, uh, you know, and, and uh you know, shut, they shut down that offense that no one can seem to figure out right now. Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense are on a tear right now. They're putting up a ton of points, and, uh, you know, they're, they're so versatile. They run the ball so well. Lamar's throwing the football really well. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, Jim Schwartz is, is dying to go out there and have the right answers for, uh, for that type of offense and, uh, and to show the league that he's, he's capable of slowing them down. Do you remember what Jim Schwartz said to him there? I just remember it was over the hard handshake. Yeah. But I don't remember. And, and, then, and then Harbaugh started to walk off. And Schwartz said, you were stealing our plays. You were looking at our plays beforehand. You know, you're right. That right. was over that. So they've all been yeah. watching plays from the jump. Our balls are cheating. <laughs> well, you know what? We done figured two things out. This is crazy. Yeah. I, it, one of the things that um, obviously is, is a big topic of conversation in this game, too, is the fact that they had such an easy time uh, with the Browns when the game was here. 
In the divisional games, how much carryover is there within the season, one to the other, about what happened the last time they played? Yeah, I think there's quite a bit. You know, I think, you know, when you obviously play these two, these teams two times a year, uh, you get a lot of familiarity with, with their calls, you know, their system, what they're trying to do. Uh, so when you go into these games, you always have something extra for, for those type of opponents that, that, are you, that you're playing twice a year, you know, with, where they're switching up calls at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, you're changing up, you know, your cadence, you know, you're changing hand signals uh, throughout the week because certainly they pick up on those type of things. So I think I think it's very important to, to be dialed into that. Everyone has to kind of be on the same page. Uh, extra time in the meeting rooms, making sure everyone understands what's what's different this week than, than normal uh, going into a game like this. So, so certainly there's a lot of that going on and, uh, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of like, little chess game going on with, uh, you know, the coaching staffs on both sides of the ball just because of the familiarity and trying to trying to switch things up and keep them guessing a little bit. Let's uh, talk about something, Tim, that you're very familiar with. That's shaky offensive line play. Uh, <laughs> the, the, Brown, the, the Browns already had a shaky left tackle in Jedrick Wills. He played better lately. Right. Uh, he's got obviously out because he's on IR. Yeah. The right tackle, Dewan Jones, who's played much better than we could have expected. We don't know his status yet. We'll see if he practices today, but so far he hasn't practiced this week. You're basically, I mean, you're going to go potentially, definitely one, maybe two tackles that have barely, certainly haven't played for the Browns. This guy who's going to, who may play left tackle has played a little for some other teams. But how concerned should we and they be about the situation with the tackles right now? Yeah, I'd be very concerned, you know, especially going in, uh, you know, on the road, you know, this week into a, an environment where it's extremely loud. It's hard to communicate, uh, you know, in the, in that stadium. So, and, and also Baltimore is, you know, one of the best defenses in the league as well. So, you know, I think you go into a game like that with, with those injuries that they have and you have to, you know, determine what you're going to do in pass protections in certain situations. You know, who, who are you going to help? Um, which side are you going to send the back to? You're going to chip? You're going to leave the tight end in? Are you sliding the line in that direction to, to give him a little bit of help? So, uh, there, there's certainly all those factors have to come into play when you're dealing with these type of injuries and, and going on the road and, and that type of environment. Tim, I think time has probably healed some of the hatred between these two cities. What was it like when you went to Baltimore for the first time, knowing that you were carrying yeah. the hopes and the hatred of an entire city on your back to beat the Ravens? Yeah, it, it was intense. You know, I remember we went there in 99 and obviously, you know, the Browns left in 96. They were out of the league for a few years. So when we came back, you know, as the new Browns, you know, we were going on the first time we went on the road there and played. There was a lot of, you know, hostile stuff being said uh, from their fans. You know, when we took the field for warm ups and those kind of things, people behind your bench yelling things at you the entire game. Uh, so, you know, and I, but I love those. You know, I think that's, uh, you know, makes for a great rivalry. And, uh, you know, it's fun fun to play in those games, even though, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of success against them back then because obviously they had one of the best defenses in, in the history of the league with, with uh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and, and the groups that they had, Tony Saragusa and all those guys that uh, they had on that side of the ball back then to make, uh, make for a tough game. But the games were always fun to play in. It was just so, uh, so intense. And, uh, you know, the fans on both sides of the ball or both sides were uh, very into it and, and loud and, uh, you know, it was fun to go on the road and play them. It was great to have them come to our stadium and, and let our fans give it back to them a little bit. So a lot of fun, a lot of great memories from uh, from playing those uh, playing those games. I always wondered, what the hell did their fans have to be angry about? Yeah, what were they about? angry about? I mean, they, they they stole our team. Just, like, why are they <laughs> yeah. mad at us? Yeah. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, Usually pushing as mad is the thing that got yeah. their items swiped. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're going you gonna to steal my <laughs> wife and punch me in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That doesn't make sense. Exactly. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Tim, have a great weekend. We'll All right, appreciate it. 
Yeah. All right, thanks. That we'll is, see you. It's like yeah. um, in in Philly. I think I may have told this story on the show once, but Philly fans are like that, a- angry, a- angry even in victory. One year when they beat the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl, we were leaving the field, and we, you know, myself and my crew had our you know ABC Tampa jackets on, right? And they were yelling at us like we just like the Buccaneers just won. And I, I stopped and I go, why are you guys so bitter? You won. You're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? What are you, why are you yelling at us? Yeah, right. That's Man, weird. I, you know, I, so, sometimes people try to get on me because I say this. Like, I literally, I, I'm, I'm a Scorpio and all Scorpios understand this type of anger. God's been working with me. He's been working with me, bull. But I be one bad stuff to happen to the Ravens. <laughs> I so mean, Scorpios are vindictive. I, I, listen, I want them to be delayed at the airport. I want them to let me go into financial ruin. Food I don't want poisoning. Their, maybe. Well, somebody. I'm not gonna go to the health because then there's. Let's a, not go that far. But if Lamar, ruin? but if, if Lamar <laughs> did happen to suddenly, if he can't play in the game, I don't if, care. If he did have diarrhea again, yeah, I don't think you'd be disappointed no, about that. No, listen. No, I see. I disagree with that. I want to beat player. I want to beat teams at their best. I, I, I don't uh, know. I always feel that. I'm gonna get at their best. I want I'd rather anguish. win. With the other team not at their best, then lose and come close with the other team at their best. I, I just don't want to give me the win. I don't. I don't, care I don't want, there's no I, guarantees anywhere. You can't go in. No. With that. I, I don't want no positives for them. I'm not gonna cry that I see people on their injury report. It's part of the game. I don't want them to. I don't want them prospering. If they never won another championship, I'd well, love that's it. Different. Yeah, if, well, if, I would if, do. If, if a small child today grows up and he's two years old. And the Baltimore Ravens never win a championship her entire life. I, I well, doesn't I everybody feel that yeah. way? I mean, that's not that bad. Some deal. people, I don't know. It's not it, to me. It's not enough vitriol against. We we focus way too much on the Steelers. We we let the Ravens off the hook. I, it, for me, the Ravens are almost worse than the Steelers in a way because at least at least the Steelers they've been your enemy forever. It's like it's like fighting your clone. Yeah, I'm with you too on this. Like, it's I, crazy. I can't hate the Steelers as much as I used to because I'll never forget when the Browns left the field for the final time at Three Rivers in 96, they gave yeah. the team a standing ovation. They were probably one of the biggest reasons the Browns got their team back so quickly. They were all in on it. All in. Because, let's face it, the Steelers aren't the Steelers if they don't have the Browns to beat up on and to hate. But the <laughs> Ravens is a different type of vitriol because we waited our whole entire lives to go to the Super Bowl and to have it be, us be shot in the foot by, by the by and the And they've Broncos. won what twice since then? Since the Baltimore Ravens yes. have two Super Bowls. And think about it. Even even when they, they oh. got Joe Flacco. Joe Jeez. Flacco Joe Flacco had a great record against us, right? He won a Super Bowl. And they got him from uh, in the second round. And then yeah. when we all are hanging out where we're bad and you know, we get the first overall pick, they go draft Lamar Jackson and start their cycle all over. Yeah. And he's been great. And we, they've been great all that time, and we've still been bad. The Steelers are like Russia, and the Ravens are North Korea, I think. Maybe. That, that is, yeah. They're, they're a newer enemy, but they're very evil. And the Bengals are kind of like um, China. Bengals of China? Because we still do a lot of business with the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, Like, <laughs> we even watch Joe Burrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just don't That's get the right. best. We just don't get the best deals. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we get we get fifty cents for a dollar. <laughs> All right, Mike. What's your read? 
It's not even a read. It's just an update. Dewan Jones not practicing today for a oh, straight day, which means it could be two backups. We're going to talk about that could in the WKYC. You're talking about the fourth and fifth Yeah, tackle. you're way down on the well, depth chart. They're still technically backups, but two guys, and that's going to make uh, keeping Deshaun upright much more difficult. We're going to talk about that in the TV show coming up at 1230 on WKYC. Guys, we've done this for every game where wow. it's been close. We've done the top 10 players draft in this game for Sunday. The 10 guys yeah. you would want on your team, and I've asked you for your answers Mike, beforehand. See, yes. I think you've not been very clear on what the assignment is. Is it the 10, is it the 10, best, the 10 players? best players? Yeah, the 10 best players. Okay, then, then no position should take authority yeah, it's, over it's the 10 another. Best players. It should be yeah. about the best guys. I said it's the 10 best players draft. Okay, fine. But I'm, I'm <laughs> curious where the ambiguity comes from in a 10 best players draft. If we're drafting you know what the 10 it feels like It's not ambiguity, it's ambiguity. Ambiguity. Here's ambiguity. what the, the, ratio, the here's the relationship. I'm gonna I'm gonna characterize the relationship between yeah. Bull and between Mike. There's clearly love both ways. I love Bull, yeah. But it's beginning to feel to me like he's the big brother, you're the little brother. He points out every little mistake you make. <laughs> That's not true. I still don't think it was a mistake. Um, I texted you guys ten best What he perceives draft. to be a mistake. No, I'm not. Per- I was perceiving you guys making mistakes. Oh. That was really a knock at you two and hey. not at Mike because hey. you guys didn't put the kickers hey. on your no. list and both kickers hey. have been fantastic. You, nope, you neither missed. kicker's on the list and there's a reason for that. And you we'll missed, get to that. You we have 10 day. players we're going to draft. You missed and Bull, I appreciate that. When McNuggets was like, Bull wanted to get his, his baseball off. <laughs> McNuggets was like, I yelled at both him and Earl. I was you got you got 30 oh, yeah. seconds. <laughs> Bull was like, wow. all right, let me go. Well, we he was like, no, you got a minute. We don't have time. Bull was like, I don't want to talk about it now. But uh, guys, next, never mind. Next topic. He went, These are the mind. ten best players in the game on Sunday. <laughs> okay, ten best. Yeah, there you go. One and two were unanimous. So we'll do those very, very quickly. You right. guys all submitted your top ten list. Those were easy. Miles Garrett was number one, and Should number be. two was Lamar Jackson. Those were unanimous across the board. Okay. Steve, you can take tag board live. I'm going to update live to make sure it's working. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett was one. Is he going to work? Update live. There okay. you go. Lamar Jackson's two, so tag board's working. That's good. After that... Is that a Y or a V in Miles Garrett? It just cuts off. It's actually a Y. Oh, okay. That's a tag board. It has a line underneath. We had to pay so extra for the tail on the Y. Yep. Yeah, you'll see any Ys. That's a tag board. <laughs> Listen, I can't make tag board perfect. It's just working today, so we're going to take it. That's it. We're going to run. We're going to take it no. After that... Go ahead. There was no... No unanimous answers. Really? Very different across the board. Jay, your fourth player wasn't on anyone else's list. No kidding. So... Let's go through and let's vote. Wow. Who's yeah. the third best player in the game on Sunday? I've got um, Roquan Smith. Um, I mean, the Ravens were a, were a middling defense last year. They traded for him, and since they've traded for him, if you go back to last year through now, bag. they're the best defensive football. Let me. Um, well, I had Roquan Smith too. You so. did, but it was not unanimous. So there was no three people. Oh, I thought one. you said no consensus. I mean, yeah, no, no. There, there was for a couple of these, but Roquan because I, two because votes. I thought the first three were very easy. Hey and man, Ro- I blew it up. I blew it all the way up. I put Mark Cooper in there. Wow, all the way at number three. Five for one thirty-nine. He just gets all he does is catch passes from bums, two hundred thirty million dollar quarterbacks or whoever in the middle. Wow. Well, even He's with way that, down on my list. Even with that, we had two votes for Roquan Smith, so Roquan yeah. gets our Ro- third Roquan wins. spot. All right, number four now. I had Roquan at four. Wait, no one had no one had Patrick Queen on their no list. No one else had Patrick Queen on their list. Wow, guys. Well, they have about three or four defenders who are better than him. Patrick Queen's having a—he's a Pro Bowl. He's having an All Pro season, maybe. 
He's balling out. I'm surprised that you guys, no one had him. He's not even their best linebacker. No, I know he's not, but he's a really good linebacker. Really good linebacker. I, now, I've only seen three of their games. So, yeah. but, I, but in the games that I watched, he jumped off the screen. All right. All right. So, who, who did you guys to have me, at number four? I had Roquan, but Shaw had him See, at three. See, I thought it was easy. I yeah. thought it was Mark Andrews at four. I think I had Mark Andrews at five, I think. I got Mark Andrews at ten. What so, I we did, so I, I did a little composite. Jay, you had Mark Andrews at number seven. But okay. we did a composite. I gave a point. So, ten points if you were voted first, wow. nine second, Mark down Andrews the list. Mark second best tight end in football. Very good. He's and a very good that, player. He'd be because of G's high grade for Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper came in at number four on our list. Amari I Cooper. had Amari Cooper five. Yeah, I had him eight. I have him eight. I, 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 I feel did he, have him seven, but I put Mark Andrews at seven. I feel he's, I feel he's the only he's the only offensive threat that the, the, that the Browns have in the passing game. And he still continues to put up numbers. See, now, now, I thought about that, and I thought if the question was in terms of value to their team, I would have changed it. Yeah. Because there's no question Amari Cooper is more valuable to his team. But Mark Andrews, to me, is a better tight end than Amari Cooper is a wide receiver. Yes, I would agree with that, too. However, what I I did was I just went on best players. Like, this is a draft. Best players, not draft. like yep. how much they help their team or right. how they how good they are compared to everybody else at their position. I'm just doing this as an open selection. You've got the whole 106 players in front of you, and you can start picking which ones you want. For me, and be, because of that yeah. reason, I had Mark Andrews a little bit lower. And he, so Cooper I, was four. I could argue Cooper was besides, four based on besides the points. quarterbacks. I could argue Mark Cooper is the best offensive player for both teams on the field. I would say he's second after Andrews, but it's close. It is close. Now, I'm guessing uh, my, you said there was nobody else that had my four on there. Yeah. I'm wondering how many of the guys had five because I went with Geno Stone, and I thought that that was a no-brainer at number Gino five. Geno Stone was also on someone else's ballot? I had him later. I, I yes. had him honorable mention. Now the reason I, I like his, his production is crazy. You can't you can't not, his ignore His production it. is ridiculous. But Guys don't get six interceptions anymore in a season. He's got six halfway through. They, but I looked at it, and I'm looking at it this way. People won't even throw over Martin Emerson's side no more. He had no targets. They won't even throw there. And Denzel Ward, you know what? Me, he's having the best year well, that I Denzel, think Denzel, I Denzel of Ward his, of his career. I had Geno Stone yeah. and then Denzel Ward. Okay. Now, I, I, I messed up, didn't even have Denzel on the list. Wow. Yeah, but <laughs> that was a big omission. That Maybe it's, it's just a lot. I didn't of even players. have an honorable mention. A, I, I must have like I don't. Know, I, I lost my brain. Well, you got a kicker on the list. You might have I both kickers on the list. Both kickers. Wow. <laughs> so who are we gonna go with number it. five? But I One really screwed four. up not having Warden Emerson. That, that was a mistake. I don't One know what through four there. is Miles Garrett, Lamar, Rokon, Amari. Who are we going with number five? So I I would put Mark Andrews at five. Yeah, he's not on the list yet. I had him at number seven. I had Denzel Ward at five. So is that? Everyone's vote. Well, I have Denzel. I'm going to change. I'm going to change to Denzel Ward. I don't know what. Okay, I, throw I had Denzel in because Denzel me. for Denzel me is Ward. six. I had Geno Stone five. Yeah, let's go Denzel five. And then Denzel six. Yeah. And then my and then my sixth guy I should have put on there because he is having a down year. I did I did the thing that 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 uh, I hate when journalists and analysts do it. They just do I it. No, you did. But Tonio got to go. Yeah, yeah Tonio, I didn't have. He got to go. Yeah, I thought about Joe. Stone's going. I on think Mark Andrews right should be up now at this point at six. So are we going to ignore Geno Stone then? I, I have. Well, Stone. We're, we're, I'm going to ignore the composites because. 
both forgot some players. Yeah, I, right. I, we'll just right. go like I don't know this. What happened to me on there? It's now up to no, our very uncharacteristic yeah. of both. Very. I would say Mark Andrews or Stone would go where where at six. So yeah, I've got Stone at six and then Andrews, or Stone at five and Andrews at seven. I just Stone just came out of nowhere. I know he did, but he's just. He got I, I keep saying something. these are fluke picks, yeah. but they're not. Yeah, I don't know. He's squatting on routes. He's sitting on things. He sees things very, very well. I, I'm like this. I'm is still crazy. voting for Mark Andrews. At so six. one for Andrews, one for Stone. G, you're the tiebreaker. Andrews or Stone. I'm going to go with Stone. I think picks right. is great. We're halfway through the season. He might get 12 for 13 picks. Which is unheard of today. Nobody, yeah. get those Nobody does that now. Right. Now, the next seven. guy. So we then it's got to be Mark Andrews, Andrews, Andrews. Andrews. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where I have him. I have him at number seven. Now, this is where it gets a little sticky. It, it, to me, am I going to put... What about Martin Emerson? Martin Is Martin Emerson better than Marlon Humphrey? Marlon Humphrey I got the think name. I, he does. I think if you're going body of work, it's Humphrey. I think if yeah. you're going this year, it's Emerson. I'm going Justin Tucker at eight. See, now, now I want to point something out. It's crazy. Bull has made a very emphatic point. My biggest miss during the – and I've had a lot of them. My biggest miss during the show was I applauded the Browns drafting a kicker. I thought it was a great move because it had been an area of concern for a long time. And I I believed in this guy. I was wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Because of that and because we got a – Free kicker, uh, a kicker as a free agent. Yeah. Bull has made his point this year, several times in our group yeah. chat, in all caps. Never, ever, ever draft a kicker. Yes. And you got two of them in your top Doesn't ten. Doesn't mean I don't want a good kicker. I'm just saying, don't waste a draft pick on it because it's a crapshoot that position. So don't waste one of your top tens on a kicker. <laughs> on a kicker. But I'm going based on the best players, and, and ju- it's hard not to say Justin Tucker and Dustin Hopkins are. Justin two of the Tucker's ten having a non-Justin Tucker-like year. Is he? He's still been good. But he's, he's been missed. good. He hasn't been Justin Tucker. Has he missed? He's missed a couple. I'm, What's his numbers this, this year, season? Mike? Justin Tucker. He missed Tucker. a long one. He may have missed two long ones to beat the Colts because they kept kicking long yeah. field goals in that overtime. What's the? What is it, Mike? He's sixteen for nineteen. His only misses have come from fifty-six, fifty-seven, and fifty-eight. I mean, wow, that's I mean, still on. pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you see sixteen of nineteen. That's human. That's not Justin Tucker. I mean, it's he's still the, excellent. He, it's great. I yeah. take it, especially yeah. when the three misses are all over 50, I mean, but, but 56 it, yards. He's a victim of his own success. But is it that head, shoulders above the next kickers? No, there are kickers with better percentages. That's fair. That's there, fair. there are kickers I mean, I mean, with better not, percentages. It's not like he's Hell, our kicker fair. has a better percentage. All right, so who are we voting for? What are we up to? Seven? No, we're at, we're at eight now. This I need you eight. to partner with me to keep the kickers off Kick, the list. I, I'm off. not putting no kickers on there. Yeah. Emerson, so, you, I, so I, let's I, throw names out there that aren't on the list. Martin Emerson, yep. Zay Flowers. I had Zay Flowers I, I, at 10 I, I, on Pat, my list. Patrick Queen's still out there, Jay. No. Oh, you, oh yeah, these guys. J.O.K., Tyler Lindemann. No, if we're going to go, J.O.K. is not getting on the list over Patrick or, or, or over, over uh, Patrick there? Queen. No I way. just don't think Patrick Queen's been that great. He's been good. Wow. Been Again, good. I've only seen three games. But and you talk about track record. He's been a disappointment until this year. He's had a better year this well, I'm year. not going on what he's done before right. this year. I'm going well, on. What about Grant Delpit? He's been where phenomenal. Is he Wait, let's do this. I know sometimes it can be tricky, but he's a linebacker. He gets a lot of tackles. Where is Patrick Queen in tackles? In tackles? The three games I saw him, he was just flashing to me. He was is, all over the Are you putting him on the list before Marlon Humphrey? Yes. Okay. I, I am. I, I, I'll even left the safety out. Well, who was his name? Um, Delpit, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. Day? Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. I, I saw him. He had I three don't have sacks. him on my list. He either. had three sacks in one game. 
Yeah, he did. Patrick Queen's 15th in the league in tackles with 75 right now. That's a, that's a lot, guys. Top 15. That's a lot. He's 33rd in PFF. Where's grade. Roquan Smith? Uh, fourth, 87. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. God, I love that guy. I still can't believe what little they had to give up to get him from the Bears. Nothing. Patrick Queen does have three and a half sacks, though, which is yes. pretty pretty high for a linebacker. Yeah, I like him. Linebacker. I like him a lot. Um JOK has a better PFF grade. Uh, PFF's dead to me. We Mark still have, we still have can we agree listen, that Mark You're judging him based on list. watching the Ravens three games, you said. So you don't, we don't know what he's doing the other no, game. No, I don't. I, and I have to uh, – so I, I, I confess. I haven't seen him enough, I so seen, I, you know. I just know that – I don't know what he's done in the other games. I yeah. know the three times I've watched him, I remember saying to myself, my God, the Ravens linebacking core is 49ers-like. Can we They've get, got two that are all over the football all the yeah. time. Can we get Kyle Hamilton's grades – because the dude got three sacks. He's got his PFF grades were pretty solid, not elite. But pretty I, solid. I mean, is all right. I, I, let's. We got to vote. We got to vote yeah, for we eight. Got, so how many it, slots are open? Three seven, or four? Three. We got eight, nine, and ten. I'll, I'll blow off the kickers. Forget the kickers. Okay. I, I'm going to vote. Do we for, agree? Martin Emerson should be on the list. He's yes, not on there yeah, yet. I'm going to vote for Grant Delpit though over Martin Emerson. Are you really? Yeah, I am. Grant Delpit's had a hell of a season. He's had a great season. I'm yeah. still. I'm taking going Delpit. What are you going? I'm going That's Emerson. Emerson. Yeah. Two votes for Emerson, so Emerson gets the nod. Okay, now, guys not on there, Queen, Flowers, J.O.K., anybody else? The Ravens center, Tyler Lindenbaum, Lindenbaum. is one of the best. Yeah, he's really good at that position. I just didn't – I don't know why. Maurice Hurst has had a great season. I know, but – One guy you guys are forgetting, and this is a big omission by all you guys, Justin Matabike of the Ravens has more sacks from the defensive tackle position. Oh, we also forgot about Owe. Yeah. Owe was on your list. He was number six, Bull. Yeah. And no one else had him on their list. Yeah, yeah Owe's been great. There's a lot of good players in this game is yeah. what this is coming down You know to. what? There's This game has a, a great deal of depth. Well, hell, they're seven and two and five and three. That's what you'd expect. My, my, last, two, my last two would be Marlon Humphrey and um, Patrick Queen. I'm voting for Owe. Well, Queen's got to be on there because I've got Queen on there as well. So, so there's Queen two with nine, Queen. Patrick You're Queen good with Queen and I. Are we are we good with leaving Zay Flowers off this list? I, I had him honorable mention. I think that he's the best. Bull, you don't want him on? No. Okay, so we got to agree. We got to have two guys that agree on someone to go I, at ten. I would say either Oway for the Ravens, Grant Delpit, or Lindebaum, the center. Man, I I think it should be I should I think it should be Queen and Marlon Humphrey. Queen's already in. So Queen's already in. Oh, okay, so it would, it would have to be – I would Zay Flowers might go in. I think Zay Flowers, to me, is almost more important to them and what they want to do than Particularly the against the Browns. Yeah, against – because they well, – that yeah. would be two for Zay Flowers, then. I mean, he, he it's not like he's having a great, you know, a monster rookie I don't, season. I don't know what he's having, but – He's I, on pace for about 1,000 yards. I – when I, yeah, that's, that's, nice. a, that's a damn good rookie season for nice. a wide receiver. Uh, yeah, it's good. How many yeah, yards rookies, does he have? The great Where rookies now make a huge impact right away. I mean, if you, t- I mean, I mean, you get 11, 1,200. I mean, 
I, look, what look. are his yards per catch? It's, he I, has 45 catches right now for 472 yards. He's averaging 10 and a half yards per catch and one touchdown. That's pretty damn good. For what they want to do, he's the gadget dude. For what, like he, the, the screens, the little quick stuff, the, the, the jumping around and getting. Yeah, Mark Andrews down. is their old reliable. Yes. He's like the Kelsey in this offense. Um, I, I, I like him. You like? I, I give me. But here, to, to, uh, to me, you're gonna put him over Grant Delpit. Mm, you're gonna put him over Marlon Humphrey. You're I would put I, him over Tyler Lindemann. No, you put him over Oway. I told you I would put uh, Marlon Humphrey. Got to be on the list. All right, I'll go with you on Marlon Humphrey. Let's give him. So 10. Marlon I Humphrey didn't have him on mine, but I lose 10, on this then. one. Put him on there. Yeah, that was that was heated. Yeah, that was good. I mean, that just means I'm just gonna not put up. the kickers. How many Browns? Anymore. How many Ravens? That just means like good pull it, ball players. Yeah, a lot of good players. How, how many? How many Browns? How many Ravens? So that means, and we'll go through top to bottom. Number one, Miles Garrett. Two Lamar, three Roquan, four Amari, five Denzel. Three, so two on the Browns. first five, three two Browns. Wow. In the second part of the draft, we went Geno Stone, Mark Andrews, wow, MJ one. Emerson, yeah. Patrick so it's Queen, six, and four Ravens. Humphrey, which is just a tiny bit different than when you guys submitted your initial list. It was a dead even five five split. Now Joel Batonio, because G had him fourth on his list. I had nine out of ten guys on my list. I, yeah, it was pretty close. That's about how the only it guy be. that missed was Zay Flowers, and he was uh, honorable mention for sure. Hey, you, you, listen, it's so funny. Um, some some would argue that Odell Beckham is not even in the top twenty-five. I don't even know if he's in the top forty. Odell Beckham hardly played. Yeah, hasn't had an impact at all. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.